Well, good evening again. It's great to see you all. Man, everybody likes a good story, don't they? We love a great drama, a great story of justice happening, a rescue. We like princesses and princes, dramas, fantasy, mystery. The, the human heart is in search of, of hope and peace, justice and love. Good stories capture the fullness of the human experience. Now, the Bible is full of drama and, and mystery and hope, devastation and justice and love, everything you can think of, because it is the human story. But even more importantly, it's the story of Jesus Christ. From Genesis to Revelation, the Bible, 66 books, is the story of Jesus Christ. So oftentimes, people think that Jesus' story started on Christmas, that he was born in the major, and he was. He was born in the major of the Virgin Mary. And everybody thinks that Jesus' story started on Christmas. Big surprise for you tonight. Jesus' story didn't start on Christmas. So if you have your Bibles, open up to the Gospel according to John. It's the fourth book in the New Testament. Before I uh, read through this and talk about it just a little bit, I want to pray for us uh, this Christmas Eve. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. As we open it, God, we pray that by the power of your spirit, you would open our eyes to your truth, that you would do a work in our hearts, that you would change us and grow us and make us the people you've called us to be, for your kingdom and for your glory. Amen. Now, John starts out his, his account of Jesus' life this way. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. Jesus was in the beginning. He was there. He's a part of the triune God, three in one. He was not created. He is creator. Pick it up in verse 3. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. And in him was life. Did you get that? Nothing was created without him. He existed before time and had the power to create life. He goes on and says, And the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Jesus came to defeat darkness, to bring light and life to all who would believe in him. The darkness, sin, Satan, and his armies cannot withstand the power of the light. They will not prevail against Jesus. And picking up again, verse 6, there was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world. The world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. There was a man named John. He was known as John the Baptist, who was sent to let the world know that Jesus was coming, the Messiah was coming, one who would bring hope and light, one who could mend what was broken in the garden, that separation from creator and creation, that brokenness that sin brought, that death brought to our world, 
the one who could solve it, the one who could heal it, the one who could bring humanity back in right relationship with God was coming. The Messiah was coming. He came to his own people. And his own people did not receive him. You see, Jesus came to the Jewish people, but they didn't receive him. They didn't accept him. They rejected him. And they yelled, crucify him. He was named the suffering servant. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Now, if we believe in him, if we put our trust in him, that Jesus truly God and truly man, lived a perfect life that you and I can't live. He never sinned in thought or in deed. And then, at a young age of 33, was crucified, died the death of a sinner, hung on a cross for you and me, taking the penalty for sin, for your sin and for mine. That's what Jesus did for me and you. And if we put our trust in him, if we lay down our lives for him, our will to his will, we will spend eternity with him. In verse 14, John says, And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. the coming of the King of Kings. We have seen the glory of God in the person of Jesus Christ. He is the perfect representation of the Father. We have the eyewitness accounts in Scripture and we testify of His power in our lives today. The power to set us free from sin and shame. The power to turn our wicked ways and seek his righteousness. He gives us the strength to turn from those things and turn to him. To live for his glory and not our own. We are surrendered servants, slaves of righteousness by the grace of God. John goes on and says, John bore witness, that's John the Baptist, about him. And he cried out, this was he of whom I said, he who comes after me ranks before me because he was before me. For from his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses, and grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. You see, God sealed his promise with his chosen people, the Israelites, with his law. He would be their God. They would be his people. He gave them this law that would set them aside from every other people group on the earth. They would follow these laws and they would be a a people set aside for God. But they just couldn't live up to their end of the bargain. But God, being long-suffering and patient and kind and good, would suffer long and, and patiently with this people who would over and over again turn their back on their God. Sounds a little bit like us today, doesn't it? Over and over again. God in his faithfulness and kindness comes to us. Over and over again, 
We choose not God's way, but our own way. But God, being a loving God, a faithful God, and good comes to us in our moments of weakness and our brokenness and opens our eyes to him. He goes on in verse 18 of John chapter 1, No one has ever seen God, the only God, who is at the Father's side. He has made him known. Jesus has revealed God to us, God's love, his perfection, his compassion, his mercy, his hatred of sin, his patience, his goodness, his power, and his sovereignty. Jesus is Emmanuel, God with us. Jesus didn't come so that we could buy each other gifts on Christmas, although it's great that we buy each other gifts on Christmas. He didn't come so that we could have easy lives. He didn't come to answer all of our questions. He didn't come just to give us wise sayings. Jesus came to set captives free. Captives to sin. People destined for an eternity without their creator. Jesus came to set me and you free from these things. To be in right relationship with God. Jesus came and fulfilled that, that covenant, that promise that God had made with his people. He fulfilled the law when he lived that perfect life. And by doing so, we can look to him. You know, it's amazing to think about that in Christianity, the only religion where God would set the standard, he would say, here's what you have to do. Well, you have to be perfect because I'm perfect. And I know you can't do that, so here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to send my only son. He's going to live as a man. He's going to be tempted. He's going to suffer. He's going to be betrayed. But he's going to live that perfect life and live up to the standard that I've set. And he will make a way for you. You see, God sets the standard, and then God meets the standard for me and you. What a powerful, powerful story. I want you to hear this tonight, this Christmas Eve. Jesus came for you. He knows you. Every mistake, every success, every failure, Jesus has always been and will always be God. And he invites you into relationship with him. So you see, Jesus' story didn't start on Christmas. Jesus' story started before time began because Jesus is God. Now we celebrate Christmas because that's the time that Jesus came to earth and put on flesh and made a way for me and you. In Ephesians 2, 1 through 10, it says, And you were dead in your trespasses and sins, in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. But God... 
being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he has loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. Now get this. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for, his, for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. It is by grace, through faith, in Christ Jesus that we are saved. There is no amount of good deeds you can do to work your way into heaven. Good people don't go to heaven. Forgiven people go to heaven. God is calling you through his son, Jesus Christ. And that's why the church celebrates Christmas so passionately. Because it is the marked time that we know our Savior came. And we know Christians know that there's no amount of good deeds we could do to earn it. There's nothing we could do to earn it. But God, what did it say, being rich in mercy, mm, gives his son Jesus for me and you. And it's by grace, through faith in Christ alone, that you and I are saved. So we celebrate Christmas knowing that truth. So Jesus' story didn't start in the manger. It started long, long time ago, before time even started. He was there in the beginning because Jesus is God. All right. Now that we know where Jesus' story started, I thought it would be fun for us to go back and read the Christmas story together so I've got these guys. They're going to give me a chair. We're going to sit down here. Thanks, guys. We're going to enjoy the Christmas story together. You ready, kids? Who here knows the Christmas story, kids? Anybody? All right. Great. If you want to come up here and sit in the front row, I'll read you the Christmas story. Anybody? Look at them. They just got risk. Oh, no, come on up. All right. Yeah. Now, this is for your parents, too. This is going to be for the kids, too. Man, look at all these brave youngsters. I thought there wouldn't be anybody that came. Hey, Allie, how you doing? Looking sharp. You ready for your Christmas presents tomorrow? It's not going to be all coal, is it? <laughs> I didn't think so. All right, let's read the Christmas story together. Long ago, in a galaxy far, far... Oh, wrong story, sorry. It's not how it goes, is it? Da, 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 da. No, I'm just kidding. Long ago, about 2,000 years ago, when King Herod ruled Judea, now that's a part of Israel, God sent the angel Gabriel to a young woman who lived in the northern town of Nazareth. The girl's name was Mary, and she was engaged to marry a guy named Joseph. The angel Gabriel said to Mary, Peace be with you. God has blessed you and is pleased with you. Now Mary was very surprised by this and wondered what the angel meant. The angel said to her, Don't be afraid, Mary. 
God has been very kind to you. You will become pregnant by the Holy Spirit and give birth to a baby boy, and you will call his name Jesus. He will be God's own son, and his kingdom will never end. Mary was very afraid, but she trusted God. And she said, let it happen as God chooses. Gabriel also told Mary that her cousin, Elizabeth, who everyone thought was way too old to have a baby, would have a baby boy too. God had chosen another baby to come and prepare the way for Jesus. So Mary said goodbye to her family and friends and went to visit her cousin, Elizabeth, and her husband, Zechariah. Elizabeth was very happy to see Mary. She knew that Mary had been chosen by God to be the mother of his son. An angel had already told Zechariah and Elizabeth their baby would prepare the way for Jesus. He was to be called John. Mary stayed with Elizabeth for about three months and then returned home to Nazareth. Now, Joseph was worried when he found out that Mary was expecting a baby before their marriage had taken place. He wondered if he should put off the wedding altogether. Then an angel appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Don't be afraid to have Mary as your wife. The angel explained that Mary had been chosen to be God, by, chosen by God to be the mother of his son and told Joseph that the baby would be named Jesus, which means Savior. Did you know that? Did you know Jesus means Savior? Good job. Because he would save people. Now, when Joseph woke up, he did what the angel had told him to do, and he took Mary as his wife. Now, at this time, the land where Mary and Joseph lived was a part of the Roman Empire. The Roman emperor, Augustus, wanted to have a list of all the people in the empire to make sure that they paid their taxes. He ordered everyone to return to the town where their families originally came from and enter their names in a register or a census. Mary and Joseph traveled a long way about 70 miles, and they didn't have cars back then. They had to ride camels and donkeys. That's a long way, isn't it, for 70 miles. They went from Nazareth to Bethlehem because that was where Joseph's family came from. Most people walked, but some lucky people had a donkey to help carry their goods. So some people had donkeys. Joseph and Mary traveled very slowly because Mary's baby was to be born really soon. When they reached Bethlehem, they had problems finding somewhere to stay. Do you remember that part of the story? There was no place for them to stay, was it? So many people had come to register their names in the census that every house was full, every bed was taken, and all of the guest rooms were taken. The only place to stay that they could find was with the animals. They had to stay with the animals. People often kept animals in their houses, actually, back then, especially at night. And they used them like central heating in their houses. Isn't that crazy? That's how they had to do it. People normally slept on a raised upper level with the animals below to give them extra warmth when it was cold. So in the place where the animals slept, Mary gave birth to Jesus, the Son of God. In those days, it was the custom to wrap the newborn babies tightly in a swaddling clothes. Jesus' bed was the manger that the animals ate their hay from. Now, in the hills, not far away, just outside of Bethlehem, there were some shepherds that looked after their sheep through the long night. As the new day began, suddenly an angel appeared before them, and the glory of God shone around them, and the shepherds were very, very scared. But the angel said, don't be afraid. I have good news for you and everyone. Today in Bethlehem, a Savior has been born for you. You will find the baby lying in a manger. 
Now, the many more angels appeared, lighting up the whole sky. The shepherds heard them praising God, singing, Glory to God in the highest, and peace to everyone on earth. When the angels had gone, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem to see what has happened. So the shepherds went to Bethlehem and found Mary and Joseph. The baby Jesus was lying in the manger, just as they had been told. When they saw him, they told everyone what the angel had said. And everyone who heard their story was astonished. Do you know what astonished means? They were in shock. That means it went like this. That's what they did. Then the shepherds returned to their sheep, praising God for sending his son to be their savior. When Jesus was born, a brand new bright star appeared in the sky. And some wise men in faraway countries saw the star and guessed what it meant. They were very clever men that studied the stars and had read in very old writings that a new star would appear when a great king was born. They set out to find this new king and bring him gifts suited for a king. The wise men, or the magi, followed the star towards the country of Judea. And when they got to the capital called Jerusalem, they began to ask people, Where is the child who was born king of the Jews? Now Herod, the king at the time, the king of, the, of Judea, heard this, and it made him very angry to think that someone might be going to take his place as king. Herod sent for the wise men to come to him, and he told them to go on following the star until they had found the baby king. He said, when you have found him, let me know where he is so that I can go and worship him too. But Herod did not tell them that he really had evil plans in mind, and he was going to kill Jesus. Bad dude. He was a bad dude. The wise men followed the star towards Bethlehem, where it said that the king would be born in the old writings. It seemed to stop and shine directly down upon the place where Jesus was. The wise men entered the house where they now lived and found Jesus with Mary. They bowed down and worshiped Jesus. The wise men spread the gifts that they had brought before Jesus. The gifts were gold, frankincense, and myrrh. The wise men were warned in a dream by God not to go back to Herod because he was a bad guy. So they returned home to their countries in the east by a different way. The wise men had gone. An angel appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, the angel said. Take Jesus and Mary and escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for Jesus to kill him. So, Jesus, so Joseph got up, took Jesus and Mary during the night and left for Egypt where he stayed until Herod died. So they stayed there a long time. When Herod realized that he had been tricked by the wise men, he was furious, and he gave orders to kill all the boys aged two or younger in Bethlehem and the surrounding area. This was to try and kill the new king, Jesus, as his plan to find the location of the new king from the wise men had failed. After Herod had died, though, Joseph had another dream in which an angel appeared to him. The angel said, get up, take Jesus and Mary, go back to Israel, for those who were trying to kill Jesus are dead. So Joseph got up, took Jesus and Mary, and they went back to Israel. But when he had heard that Herod's son was now king of Judea, he was afraid to go there. So instead, they went to Galilee and lived in their old town of Nazareth. This is how much Jesus loves us. He left heaven and became a man and was willing to be born in a manger. He was the baby king in a manger, and he did that for me and you. And that's the story of how Jesus came to earth. Sound good? Yes. All right. Let's go back to your parents now.
What an amazing story. All of the things that God orchestrated for Jesus to be born, that his birth would be recognized by the shepherds and the shepherds would go and tell everyone of this king that was born, that God would protect his only son from Herod who was ready to kill him and protect his throne, that these wise men would bring gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh that would would supply Joseph's family for years to come, gifts suited for a king. Look at all the miraculous things that God has done in Jesus Christ. Also, he did all of that so Jesus could live a perfect life for me and you. Give his life for me and you and make a way for us to be in right relationship with our creator. If you're here tonight and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I want to encourage you to seek him out. That you would look into the person of Jesus. And the Gospel of John that we've been talking about tonight is a great place to look into that. Jesus came for me and you. He loves you. He has a plan for you. And he wants to be in relationship with you. Let's pray together. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for your son, Jesus Christ. And this Christmas, as we celebrate your coming, Jesus, Father, we pray that you would make yourself known to us in powerful ways. Soften our hearts to receive the truths of your word. And for those who are here, maybe hearing your story for the first time, God, I pray right now that you would make yourself known to them in a powerful way. Draw us into relationship with you. For those of us who are here that know you, Father, we pray for more, more of you, God. As we open your word, open our eyes and our hearts, grow us and change us each and every day for your kingdom and your glory and for our good. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.